First Chronicles, the 12th chapter, starting at the 17th verse. And it says, And David went out to meet them and answered and said unto them, If ye be come peaceably unto me to help me, my heart shall be knit unto you. But if ye be come to betray me to my enemies, seeing that there is no wrong in my hands, the Lord God of our fathers look thereon and rebuke it. Then the spirit came upon Amzai, who was chief of captains, and he said, Thine are we, David, and on thy side, thou son of Jesse. Peace, peace be unto thee, and peace be unto thy helpers, for thy God helpeth thee. Then David received them and made them captains of the band. Is that what your word reads this morning? You may be seated. This is a story of how David's army grew, the mighty men of David. And it talks about uh, a lot of spiritual strategy, what God is trying to say this morning regarding spiritual strategy. Because as people of God, we are supposed to be builders, those that restore, those that go and retrieve out of bondage. We free people. We free people's minds. We free them financially, uh, mentally, emotionally. Uh, We are a great help in the kingdom of God. And in this aspect of talking about taking over kingdoms and being put in position, God, for some reason, is repeatedly giving us a reminder of that's what we are to do. There's a great significance in David's reign and the ministry and life of Jesus Christ. They're very much parallel. When you read commentaries or you hear a lot about uh, David all the time, sometimes you turn on the televangelists, they always talk about David. They always talk about uh, the city of David, the lineage of David, because it was most important because David was the first righteous king after Saul. He is the one that was predestined and promised to sit on the throne, the city of David, as well as Jesus Christ. Now, the thing about it, David reigned for 33 years. When Christ finished his ministry and he died, he was 33 years old. So it's very much a lot of uh, prophetic stigmas that we look at when we read our Bible and read the word. It's very historical. It means something to us in our spiritual walk. And I'm just going to break that open in just a second. But here it talks about how David um, David's army grew. It grew after he attained the capital, Jerusalem, from the enemy. And now he has to go and attain, attain the Ark of the Covenant. Now, I find it funny that today when we are given a call, when we are called to do something, not necessarily being called into clergy, but once you become a son or daughter of God to spread the gospel, to talk about salvation, to um, have people convert to Christianity and the understanding of why you have a deeper call than just saying, I have an assignment. 
God doesn't just give you something to do and you don't know what it is. You don't come into a place and say, hey, I'm coming to fix something. So somebody's going to ask you, well, what are you coming to fix? What is your specialty? Otherwise, everybody's going to be confused and you're going to find yourself not getting the job done. But understand that anything that goes on in your life, God is equipping you to be able to handle the situation. In the story, David has a task to go up against the enemy and get the Ark of the Covenant back. Now, in this little short passage here, David has about a hundred over a hundred thousand men. And out of all of the hundred thousand men, each minute, each one of those men had a skill. So when you're getting ready to go into something, whether it be praying for somebody that's addicted to drugs in your family, whether it's praying for your marriage, whether it's praying for your situation on the job, God is going to send you some help. You're not going to walk this walk by yourself. He's not just going to send you anybody. And we know we can't do it by ourselves. He's going to send you people that have skill. Now, over in the chapter before that, it talks about a specific individual. His name was Beniah. He had done many acts. The Bible said that he slew two lion-like men of Moab. And then he went down into a pit and slew a lion in a pit on a snowy day. And he slew an Egyptian, a man of great stature, five cubits high. An Egyptian's hand is, his spear was as wide as a weaver's beam. Y'all ever seen on when somebody's making a rug, it's about that wide. Now, the Egyptian spear was about that wide. And he slew that man. And I said, God, well, what, what is the specifics? Why is it so important for us to know that he slew two men that looked like lions? And then he slew a lion in a pit on a snowy day. Then he slew an Egyptian with a weaver's, had a spear as wide as a weaver's being. Why, why is that so significant? He said, I want you to understand, no matter what the situation looked like, if it looked terrifying like two men that looked like lions, you need somebody that ain't afraid for number one when you get ready to go into battle. Number two, he said, he slew a lion in a pit on a snowy day. I said, do that make any sense? The picture in my mind made no sense. Like, why would you jump down into a hole with a lion on a snowy day? Now, y'all know how it is that when they get cold, we, we clench up. But this man slew a lion in the pit, meaning however low it gets, whoever's assigned to help you, no matter how low it gets, no matter what the conditions are around, they're not going to clinch up. They still going to help you get the job done. God not going to send you any, any old body, somebody that will just run when the heat gets turned up or run when everything is not going so well. You know, that's the type of person that you want to be married to. That's the type of person that you want to be connected to in business. No matter how, 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 how it get or how low or how bad it is, they're going to be with you and they know how to fight. The last thing that stood out to me was the fact that he made a significance that it was an Egyptian, man of great stature. Egyptian, okay. So you want somebody that if they do have a past, 
The past don't get in the way of them. Egypt is a reminder of slavery and bondage. Everybody's going to have a past. So don't get hung up on who God sends to you for help. That person may have the lowest past you ever seen. But if they were able to get out of bondage and kill and get out of bondage and not be uh, stuck in any kind of way, Egypt, that man did not have a mentality about Egypt, about his past. He defeated even that. So if a person can, can be valiant in conquering over bondage and they can fight fiercely when it gets scary, when things don't look so good. And it don't matter what conditions or what things look like because there are some people that have gone in business and they've had a partner to tell them, this don't look so good. I think you ought to give this up and try a new idea. Or you might have a prayer partner at that time. They might be praying for you. Well, you just might as well just count this as a loss. God wants us to win. He will give you what you need to win. And so over... In the beginning, David had all of these men amongst him. He probably couldn't even see their faces from here to the other side of Cherry Road. It was hundreds of thousands of men. But David was not naive to know that all of y'all are not really for me. I understand this. But David did not waste time in bringing certain ones that he felt like was suspicious. He didn't have time for that. And when it's time for you to go into spiritual warfare, you don't have time to go down and chase down every little piece of gossip that's about you or chase down or be worried about every threat or attack that's against you. He gave it to the hands of the Lord. He said, seeing that there is no wrong in my hands, God of our fathers looked thereon and rebuked it. He said, whoever, whatever, let God deal with you. And God wants you to have clean hands in the battle. He don't want you to get down and dirty with the rest of them. You don't have to do that. You ever seen anybody that just, you? It's, it's amazing how if he wants you to be dressed in white and get out there and do battle, but he'll still keep you clean. The word of God, David was the one that said, vengeance is mine, said the Lord. He wanted to, in, in Psalm, if you go back and read in Psalm, David wanted to kill somebody. He, went, he, he even cursed their inheritance. He even cursed their whole lineage, say, blot them all out. David was mad. But he learned that vengeance belongs to the Lord. So don't get so upset when somebody talking or working against you. He said the Lord God rebukes it their own. And then after he said that, the spirit came upon one of the men. And he said, thine are we, David, and we're on your side, thy son of Jesse. You will get a confirmation. God will come you. He said, I'll send you a comforter that I am with you, even if it's out of the mouth of somebody in the crowd. I doubt that David even knew this man, but he got the confirmation from the spirit. The spirit of the Lord came upon this man to give him confirmation. So in your battle, God will give you confirmation for the fight. This is so much parallel to the life of Jesus Christ, considering that he lived on this earth for only 33 years. The same number of years that David reigned over Judah. Then he had a, a person to betray him. He had enemies. He had the Sanhedrin, and we know the Pharisees and the Sadducees. Jesus had enemies, but he didn't have time to be running back and forth into the synagogue. Why y'all fighting against me? Why y'all doing this against me? 
Jesus Christ knew who he was. He knew what his assignment was. And he didn't let anybody distract him from that assignment. He knew what it was he was supposed to do. Even he had one to try to throw him off. And that was Peter saying, no, Lord, this ain't even going to happen to you. He had to rebuke Peter saying, man, you don't know what you're talking about. So when you get ready to fix your mind on what God has for you, you may have to go in and pray for somebody. You might have to go in and do a, a, an assignment, a spiritual work in the house of God. And you may not be sure whether you have the support or not. God wants us to understand it's not about the number of people that's on your side. It's about who is on your side. I have your back 100%. So Jesus Christ already knew that God had him. And David already knew that God had him. So going back to the example that is set before us, Jesus Christ himself, he prayed in the garden for an hour. And they, they couldn't even pray with him for an hour. They went to sleep. You're going to have some people that's not going to be with you. But Jesus Christ did not give up because he knew that he was the son of God. He knew that he had a task that I must be offered up so that others may live. And sometimes you have to sacrifice something. There will be a sacrifice. There will be a sacrifice of time that you put in. You will have to have patience. Jesus Christ had to have patience with people who just didn't get it. There are some people that are not going to understand you. They're not going to get it. But you have to keep moving forward because God wants us to start to attain victories. He wants us to conquer this. Not have the second option or get the consolation prize all the time. If you say, I want a new car and I'm coming up there to win a new car, I don't want to hear you saying, well, we got this bicycle right here. God don't do that to us. Whatever he, whatever he said, this is what I have for you. I want you to go and get it. And, and really, it's not all about us. It's about the cause of God. Anytime you put, we always say put God first. Well, how do we put God first? Anytime we take a stand for the cause of God, that is putting God first. Whether it's, it's going to hurt us or not, because God has your back. Now, going back to Jesus Christ, when Jesus was being uh, on trial and he they had him chained up and locked up, he said, uh, your kingdom... It's not my kingdom. Couldn't understand that. He said, if I wanted to, I could call down legions of angels and they can get me out of this. But he understand it was about a cause of God. It wasn't about him. Now me, I would have said, bring my boys. It would have been over. There's no way I could let somebody spit in my face and pull my hair. But Jesus Christ said, this is about the cause of my father. So no matter what you do to me or what you say to me, I'm not going to check back who said it. I'm not going to check back who did it. And they were whipping and beating him for nothing. I couldn't stand it. For, for people who I don't know, who I know are going to do the same thing over and over again. But Jesus kept his hands clean in the battle, y'all. He attained the victory. And he wants you to be able to see your victory. Not get the consolation prize. Not get to say, well, maybe God got something else. If we keep saying maybe God got something else, we'll never get what we really wanted or be satisfied with what we asked him for. God is not a God that he will give you. You say, Lord, give me this and then he's going to give you this. That will make God a liar. God is not Santa Claus. There will be years and years and years I have written down on the list. I still got that list. Well, I wanted that that uh, Barbie doll with that swimming pool. I never got it. 
That was Santa Claus. But when God tell you that I'm going to do this for you, you're going to get what you asked for. God is not like man that he should tell a lie. But Jesus Christ is the risen Savior. He said, I am coming back again. And, and after he was crucified, he got back. And, and if you go back and read the Bible, and I know it's not much discussed, but he got up and had a fish dinner. After he was dying and crucified, he had a fish dinner with the disciples for about 30, 40 days on earth. Who does that? God is serious about what he's very intentional about what he said. And he wants you, you to use you to attain the victory. You to do kingdom work. And don't worry about it if nobody's standing there with you on the first 30 days. They're coming. People with skill. It goes on in the word of God. If you read in Chronicles, the 11th chapter, it talks about how he had people, David had people around him that could discern the times, that knew the seasons of when to move and when to plant. We had strategists around him. People who were serious about what different people who did different things. So God has got you covered on every angle. So he wants you to attain spiritual victory. So that you'll see the physical manifestation. These men decided to follow him or some just a, you're going to have spectators. You're going to have somebody to call and say, hey, what you doing? But having no good intention. You don't have time to follow that up. You don't have time to follow up people who want to set traps for you or go back and report everything you're doing. Because all they're doing is writing your history. All they're doing is recording your history. Let your enemies do all the advertising and recording the history for you. You just keep on moving and doing great things in the name of the Lord. And God will crown you and position you. It's all about being positioned in the right place, having the right focus on this is what you come to do. And God is with you. God is with his people. So this is the word of the Lord. Although we got to do it, we, can, we don't have to do it by ourselves. God is almighty, and I give him praise and glory this morning for this message. And I hope that it encouraged someone today that you're not alone. And that you can win this battle. Amen. And if there is anyone, I'm going to do an altar call that needs confirmation. That needs to know that the Lord is with you. Or that you need, you know that you need to go into spiritual warfare. Or there's something that you got to take on or handle. And you need the right arsenal. You need the right spiritual weaponry. You need to be armed from your head to your feet in the spirit. That you will just come forth and just pray. And I and I, I opened the... Uh, Lord, to those who don't know Jesus Christ, who have not accepted him as Lord and Savior, that you will attain every victory in his name. And if you're coming to pray for someone else, come to pray for someone else, that you be the person that is helping them to fight. Amen.
I'm going to ask uh, Deacon Austin to pray for us this morning. 